You're listening to The Declare Podcast, episode number 99, and I'm your host, Ann Watson. I am talking today with author and marketing guru, Brian Dixon. Y'all, this is one of my favorite conversations ever, and it will not be hard for you to see why when we get into his new book and his unexpected advice for having a successful brand or business. Welcome to the Declare Podcast. The mission of Declare is to equip women like you to walk in their callings as Christian communicators. Our show here goes behind the scenes with successful influencers, writers, and speakers, and our conversations focus on their stories and their journeys to engage and grow and manage their influence. You'll laugh, be moved, and get a lot of practical information you can take action on today. It's going to help you feel more connected, more confident, and better able to do what God is calling you to do. We know your time is valuable, and we thank you for investing it with us and for being part of the Declare community. Today's episode is brought to you by the Declare Conference. This is our annual event held in the Dallas, Texas area, and it's three days full of incredible speakers, workshops, sponsor markets, dance parties, and networking, all designed to help you take your message further. The theme for 2019 is Get Your Hopes Up, and tickets are available now on our website. Seriously, go grab yours today. In our last episode, I talked with best-selling author Emily P. Freeman about her new book, The Next Right Thing. It is a deep and wonderful conversation, and she even shares one of her really big life secrets. It is a great episode for any communicator who has ever wondered what on earth to do next and how to get it done. That is episode 98, so add it to your queue. But today we're on episode number 99 with Brian Dixon. Brian is actually one of Emily Freeman's cohorts over at Hope Writers. But today we're talking about his new book, Start With Your People, which is going to be released in the fall of 2019. This conversation is incredibly smart and moving, and some of what Brian says is slightly contrary to what you may have heard as a communicator. I have loved this conversation, and I just think Brian is such a gift. I think you're going to agree with me. So if you are ready, let's get started with our conversation with Brian Dixon. Hey, Brian, welcome to the Declare Podcast. How are you doing? Hey, thanks so much for having me, Anne. I'm so excited to encourage the messengers that you that you serve. Oh, well, I'm really excited to have you on because you're somebody that I've been following for a while. You're a founding member of Hope Writers, which is a membership site that a lot of our community are involved in. But you mm-hmm. are also a consultant, you're an avid marketer, you're an author, you're a speaker, you do all the things. And I think you've got incredible wisdom. I can't wait for you to share that with our people. But Thank I thought, you so much. Yeah, I just thought it would be such a good idea, though, if we started for anybody that doesn't know yet who you are, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, maybe your family, maybe your story. Mm-hmm, Absolutely. So I, I started out uh, way back in high school wanting to be a rock star. And um, I would even say a rock star for Jesus. <laughs> okay. Big goals. You know, I love I, it. I led the worship band at my church and then and then at summer camp. And that became kind of an, in a band and we'd write songs. And I'm getting old. We, we even recorded tapes. <laughs> oh, I remember tapes. I'm with you. I'm with you. Yep. I bought a motor. I I was in this big car accident freshman year of college. I did a TEDx talk about the the accident. So you can check that out on YouTube. But yeah, I was in this big accident. We got this, we got some settlement money from the accident and I bought a motor home for our van. I mean, that's what a 19 year old kid does with settlement money, right? Oh my gosh, that's incredible. (laughs) 
So, you know, a year in, um, we, we played, you know, every weekend and like three times a week and, uh, finishing Bible college, trying to, trying to be a rock star for Jesus. And after we graduated, just the whole thing fell apart. You know, the girl broke up with me, you know, one of our key members of our band left, everybody's like, we're just going to go get jobs. And I'm like, what about the band? You know? Right. And it set me on this journey of like discovering like, who am I and what am I here for? You know, what is my message? And, um, it had, it really had to do with the accident. I think that was so formative as a 19 year old, you know, um, literally uh, jaws of life having to be pulled out of the car thinking I was dead. And then, you know, opening my eyes and seeing my hands as if for the first time, moving my fingers and going, wow. And, and literally rededicating my life to the Lord at that point and saying like, God, I don't know what this is going to mean, but I know that I can use these hands for you. Yeah, I've seen your TED talk and it's uh oh. it's a miracle. I mean, it's a straight up miracle. Yeah. Well that's that's amazing. Thanks so much for that. So so that's been my journey. You know, I, I do live as a person uh on borrowed time. I mean, that's just that's just the way I, I have an urgency of now. Like we need to get this thing moving because the, you know, time is slipping away very quickly. And um, I think it was, I'm trying to remember who, who said it, but, but, you know, an old classic preacher said, you know, every generation should, should live as if Christ is returning during their generation, you know, as if they're the last generation. And so I think what we do as messengers is we need to look at the tools of our culture and figure out how can we impact the most amount of people as possible? Like, how can we more deeply engage people in rich conversations so you look at like the Apostle Paul and it was it's open forums. You know, the um, you look at the the, uh, the statue of the unknown, unknown God on Mars Hill. Like that was the time in the Roman Empire where people would like debate openly. And, and he went into the culture. And now, you know, we're recording this in 2019. The culture is Instagram. You know, the culture is uh, Facebook Live. The culture is sharing um, your highlights online for everybody to see and celebrate when inside we are lonely and depressed, you know, and, right. and dying in so many ways. And so we have such an opportunity to use these tools to engage people in deep and rich ways to lead them to truth, which I believe, you know, Roman says all, all truth is God's truth, right? He has revealed himself through creation. So I think as messengers of hope, we can engage a culture that is stumbling around in the darkness. Oh, I love that you say messengers of hope. That's so great. In fact, Declare's theme this year is about hope. That's what we're kind of going for is what are we getting our hopes up about? Yes. Oh, I love that. Yeah. What are we getting our hopes up about? Uh, you know, I, I read that question and, and the first thing I thought was everything. Like I have my hopes up about everything. We are the people of hope. You know, we should we should have our hopes up. Because if you just think about it, like the, the redemption story of, of our faith is all about, it's, it's about waiting. It's about expectation. You know, you look at Christ going to the cross, one of my favorite verses, for the joy set before him. And, and I think in, a, in a, obviously a much smaller way, um, in a daily way, when we're struggling as a messenger to, you know, write that book proposal, edit that podcast episode, you know, send that awkward email to that conference planner, hoping they'll book us for that workshop session. You know, I think that's what we do. We cling to the hope, knowing that if we're given the opportunity that we can make an impact on somebody. And that just speaks so deeply to my heart that I just want to encourage. I'm an encourager of the encouragers. You know, that's sort of my role. That's the one really the one thing I do is I just say, you have a message to share 
and an audience to serve. And sometimes the technology is overwhelming, and, but the technology is just a tool to help get that message out. So that's kind of my place in the world. One of my, one of my good friends says that I'm her favorite female Christian blogger. <laughs> oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> Because I'm very much behind the scenes on a lot of people. I mean, people you've had on your podcast, people the audience has has heard. Um, I've written the, the emails. I've run the Facebook ads, you know, help them clarify their message, build their course, that sort of thing. Right. But the theme throughout all that is use the tools that are available today to engage a generation that needs the hope that you have to provide. Oh, my gosh. That's like a bumper sticker. It's at minimum <laughs> a tweet. It's it, it, it could be a tattoo. I mean, that's really good. Can you say that again? Yeah. I mean, use use the tools that are available today to engage the generation, you know, the people right in front of you that that need the hope that you provide. You, you look at Christ when he looked at the masses, he saw sheep without a shepherd. Right. He was heartbroken over the people. And that should be our posture. Now, whether we're encouraging people to, you know, keep homeschooling uh, or, you know, to give their marriage one more try or literally to accept Christ as their personal savior. You know, wherever you kind of are on that spectrum of your message, whether you're sort of doing the um, the wise as serpents, gentle as dove strategy, where just people just think you're talking about recipes, but really you know that if they see your life, you know, they'll be encouraged by, you know, light, let your light shine before all men so they see your good works and glorify, right? Glorify your father in heaven. And so that might look like a, a recipe blog <laughs> that doesn't necessarily say that you're a believer, but we kind of know and, and they see the way that you live. Or that might be you're literally going into churches and, you know, evangelizing or going to the streets and evangelizing. Like wherever you are in that spectrum, the tools that are available today are so incredible. Like it's so incredible what we're able to do, the way we're able to engage people in conversation that was just not possible before. Well, I love that you're saying that and you're talking about whatever your skills are, whatever your message is, then that's what you need to focus on for the glory of God. Yeah. But my question for you then is, since one of your passions is helping people clarify their callings and mm-hmm. growing their audience and creating new products, without clarifying your calling, without that first one, nothing else works. Yes. So you would think that knowing your passion and what you're good at is enough to clarify your calling? But it's really not that easy, I think. At least for me, it hasn't been. So I'm curious about what you think the biggest mistake people are making is and what is the best thing they can do to correct it? Oh, that's such a great question, Anne. So the, the biggest mistake is comparing your beginning to someone else's middle. You know, I think that's a John Acuff saying, so I'll quote him on that. But it's the, um, oh, what's the verse? I think it's in Zechariah. You know, do not despise these small beginnings. Right. So you're starting where you start. And it takes what it takes. And I would recommend for the first maybe 10 years of sharing your message, you write those words down every single day. Start where you start. It takes what it takes. So we want to compare ourselves to whoever just got signed to that agent you've been trying to stalk online. Or we want to say, oh, why why am I not further than I am right now? You know, why is her book selling and my book isn't? Or they won't return my emails. But look at, you know, it's so easy to do that. But you've been given talent. Like you, you might have 10, you might have one, but you're holding it in your hand and you can bury it in the ground or you can invest it. And that's all you need to do is by, by serving your people. I have a book coming out called start with your people by starting with your people, by focusing on the people literally in your life right now, you know, not these random people online, but the person you see in the lobby at church, the person you see at the grocery store, you know, the, the five people that follow you on Instagram by starting with them, 
it does grow because we develop a heart toward of service and we start to see and notice and and share in a way that's authentic as opposed to sort of trying to trying to be somebody that we're not. Oh, I think that's so good. And I mean, you are really good at helping people, helping listeners figure out what their message is so that when mm. they're starting with their people, they're focused yeah. and they know what they're trying to say and how they're trying to serve and help. So how do you mm. help people figure out what their message is? Oh, that's such a great question. You know, I, I speak at a number of, you know, blogger conferences, author conferences, things like that through and also online coaching and podcasting. And over time, one of my mentors, Dan Miller, says when three people ask you the same question, it's time to create a product. You think about that in your life, right? Right. People keep asking you, like, how do you do this? You know, if three people ask you, how do you do this? Maybe write a blog post about it because people are asking, you know, or maybe do a Facebook Live about it because people are asking. So people continually would ask me, how do you help people figure out their message? So I created a site. I don't even know if I capture emails on there. Like it's it's not even like leading to coaching business. It's just a tool that I needed for myself. And so I made it. Okay. <laughs> and it's, um, it's called the mirror manifesto. And I know it's kind of a complicated term, but but let me explain it. Imagine every day as you're getting ready for in the morning, you know, you're getting your hair and makeup on, you're looking in the mirror. And right there in the corner of the mirror is an index card. It's only three sentences long and it explains exactly who you are and why you're here. That's the mirror manifesto. It's your manifesto, right? It's your, it's your sort of your motto or your, your life theme and you can review it every day. And so I have a series of, it's just 10 questions, mirrormanifesto.com, no fee or anything like that. And uh, it just takes you through 10 questions and it really starts with your people. It starts with who do you want to serve? How do you help them? Um, what do you offer them? So it sort of walks through this process. Um, but I've had almost a thousand people go through it and it's only been, it's only been out for a, a short time. And what people are telling me through that is that they print it out. <laughs> they literally put it in their mirror and they look at it every day. And so before you write a blog post, before you send that email, before you post on Instagram, you just read your three sentence mirror manifesto and you go, that's right. Like I should post that because it's going to help my person, but I don't need to post that because that's not for my people. Like I don't have to keep comparing myself to some other messenger. I'm going to be the steward of the gifts that God's given me and let somebody else steward the gifts that God's given her. So it's kind of like a personal mission statement. Yeah, exactly. Like a personal, like a personal mission statement. You know, I mean, imagine if you were to wake up each day having clarity. I think clarity makes all the difference because when you're, when you're thinking about like, what do I write on my blog today? Or, you know, I got invited to speak at that mops group. Like, what am I going to talk about when you have something that you can review and go, that's right. That's why I'm here. You know, for example, um, my wife, Julie, and I, like we, we wrote our own vows. We've been married 16 years. We wrote our own vows way long ago and they're on our wall. And I make it a, about a weekly practice to just pause and just read over my vows. And it reminds me of what kind of husband I want to be. I mean, you get pretty aspirational on your, on your wedding day, right? Right. So just by reading something like that, it's just a reminder. It's like resetting the sail or the compass, whatever analogy you want to use. You're just, it's, it's looking at the map. And if you don't have a map, how you're never going to get to where you want to go because you know, you're, you're directionless. So having the mirror manifesto, having some sort of a, a statement of purpose, if you will, uh, will really help you decide not to get distracted by all the shiny things, which is prevalent in our culture is trying, chasing a new strategy, but you could put it through a filter. And so I'm learning in my own life and, and through coaching, um, you know, my coaching clients who are mostly authors, speakers, and podcasters, 
just a filter. There are literally, now there are too many things to do. Like you could spend your entire 80 hours a week just doing one of these social media platforms and still missing out. So you now have to filter. Creating your own filter uh, can really help you when something new comes out and you go, are we going to try this or is this something that maybe we'll do in the future, but not right now? So I'm curious about what is your mirror manifesto? What do you read every day? Oh, it's so good. I really, really narrowed it down. And, uh, you know, I I run a few different businesses, so I kind of have to put on the different hats, if you will. Mm -hmm. Um, So, you know, I'll just talk about Hope Writers today. So I'm the co-founder of this. It started out kind of as a podcast that became a membership site. And and now it's a, um, oh man, it's a community. It's a a welcoming community for writers, uh, for people that know they have a message, know they have a book. And they just don't know what to do. You know, they're they're overwhelmed by the publishing process. They've been trying it for a long time and are discouraged and stuck. And so it's really short for me. You know, I, I want to be an encourager to the encouragers. And that's that's really it. So when it comes to my own coaching, it's letting people know that, you know, their message matters and that they can make an impact and an income. I'm finding that my kind of sweet spot in this world of sort of sharing your message with a with a faith based um or with, with a taste of faith, you know, with not necessarily everybody writes a, a Christian book for Christian people. Sometimes it's a little bit more covert than that. But what I'm finding is I I'm kind of the money guy. I'm the guy to help you figure out how to take this thing that you've been sharing and growing and actually keep doing it in a way where you can hire some help. You can pay for your website hosting. You, you can charge the right amount for your speaking fee so kind of helping you have that that conversation. I think Christians, I hate to paint with a really broad brush, but I think that there's there's all of these really mixed up feelings when it comes to finances. Yeah, there and are. Especially, right? Especially when we're like a Bible study teacher. Like it's, there's this weird guilt of like, I can't charge for that. And so I help people navigate that awkwardness. I feel like I, I can really help people. People, my coaching clients have told me that I help them do it in a way that gives them clarity and confidence. So that's really what I'm about is helping you have clarity and confidence to share your message uh, in a way that increases your impact and your income. Because I think you need both, the left, right. Like if you're just impacting people, but there's no financial model at all, you know, you're going to go broke. Like it's, it's like hopping on one leg. Uh, and then if it's obviously if it's all just about the money and it's not impacting people, it's unsustainable as well. But I think your, your listeners are probably really struggling with the, you know, I haven't even made a dollar yet. Is this a thing that people would even care about? And, and I want to come alongside them and say, keep going, focus on your people and, and look at models that are working that you aspire to. You know, who is it? Who is it that you're following that you say, I like the way she's doing that. Like she didn't send 17 emails when she launched her course. She sent five and they really were helpful. And I could make a wise decision about whether or not I should join the course. Like follow people that you respect and kind of ignore all the other people. Right. I love that. And, you know, I was talking to my husband about this very thing and he's in the corporate business world and his take on the money. He said, we have a saying, you know, in our business, which is no Mm -hmm. margin, no mission. And that basically means if you aren't making any kind of money, then you are not able to live out the mission. Or in the case of Christians, you're not able to live out the calling that God has put on your life if you don't have the resources you need to get it out there. Oh, yeah. You know, Hope Raiders is is over 2000 members now and, and we've been around for three and a half years. So I've had 
personal conversations literally with thousands of authors and and so i'm i'm very familiar with the awkwardness of you know the financial part of it i want to charge uh, you know i want to charge 20 dollars for my course maybe 10 maybe i should give it for free for the first 100 people <laughs> you know and my recommendation is no sell it for 97 dollars because people pay attention when people pay they pay attention don't you want people to show up and actually do the work they need to invest. So I, I really help people navigate that. I don't do it perfectly all the time, but I've got a, I've got a pretty decent track record of, of helping, you know, well-known clients and also people just starting out. I helped a, a coaching client last week. I just got a sort of a testimonial um, Voxer message from her and she just helps people study the Bible. So it, she doesn't have, you know, a home decorating course or like anything really that you'd necessarily see in Target. You know, it's, she has a, a blog, that's focused on how to study the Bible. And, uh, you know, through my coaching, she created a membership site. We, we, you know, helped her with sort of the visioning and the strategy of, of a membership site and very, a very price sensitive audience. So we're looking at eight, 10 or $12 a month, you know, not like, not like a hundred dollars a month, right? You know, the audience wouldn't go for that. And, and it just didn't feel, didn't feel right to her. So she, she settled on, on $8 a month and, and launched it. And she sent me a Voxer message and she had 800 people sign up. Oh my gosh. In the first week, you think about the math on that and you're like, what is that? $3,600 a month. That's life changing. Like that's, that's a full-time legitimate college degree job for her creating this membership. And it's only one of her income streams, but now she's got this community of people who have said, I care enough about what you're teaching to invest $8 a month. And that means those people are going to show up to the Facebook group. Those people are going to show up to the, the live you know, Zoom calls or Facebook lives or whatever she does inside the membership site. Those are people that are investing in themselves and their own personal growth. And those are the people that bring life to her. And so, you know, my, my dear friend, Emily P. Freeman talks about not writing to your critic. And I think that's what so many of us do is, and we can be our worst critic. So we're writing to ourselves or we're writing to people that are not going to read our stuff anyway. So focus on the people that are the ones that come up to you after the Bible study and say, what you shared really helped me. You know, my friend Chan, Chad Cannon says, um, some will, some won't, but some will. And I love that whole idea. It's like sort of like, you know, when Christ healed the lepers, how many of them came back to say thank you? Yeah, I don't think very many. Right? I think it was one. So, right. so that's one out of seven, I believe. So so that's your audience. Like the parable of the sower, it, you know, he was faithful to, to, to plant the seed, to scatter the seed. And that's what we do as bloggers and speakers and podcasters. Right. And every time you record an episode, you're scattering seed, you're putting it on iTunes, but you're not responsible for if people will subscribe, if they'll download, if they'll listen, if they'll take action. All you're doing is the best you can with what you have. And that's what we do as messengers. But I think we need that encouragement of that one person out of seven coming back and leaving a podcast review or saying, thanks so much for sharing today. And what I've done is, is actually have a drawer of, um, I call it my brag drawer. There's probably a, a more you know politically correct name for it. But I it's like just the where brag I save drawer. my thank you notes, right? I have a brag drawer, my, my thank you notes, my, um, you know, a nice email I got, somebody posts something on social saying, Brian, you know, thanks for this Facebook Live. It really helped me. I'll screenshot that. I'll print that out. And when I'm feeling really bummed out and like my message doesn't matter, I'll just open up my brag drawer and I'll only get, you know, a couple notes through and I'll say, okay, here we go. Like, let's keep going. Get back up because your people need your message. Oh my gosh. I love that. I love the brag drawer. And I know that there's a 
whole segment of the Christian community right now that just shuddered and is like, ooh, that's icky and self-promoting. So, <laughs> so what do you say to that? Yeah. What's the, the icky part is that is that you're excited that somebody gave you a compliment? Yeah, there's a lot of people, especially the Christian communicators, that really mm. struggle to take a compliment because yeah. they feel like the glory is going to the wrong place. And yet right. at the same time, we need that encouragement to fill up our cups and to fuel us and to motivate us and encourage us to just get out there and do more of what we're being asked to do. That's right. Okay. So here, I'll give you a little script for those that are really struggling to take a compliment. Okay. You say, okay. So somebody comes up to you after, after you speak at a conference or, you know, writes a, writes a nice um, comment on your blog or, or sends you a text and says, you know, I really, I listened to your podcast. It was great. And you say, thank you. That means a lot. <laughs> That's all you say. Okay. You don't have to be like, oh no, all the glory to God, or like, it's not me, it's him, or it's him and me, or whatever. Because let's face it, like that's just false sincerity, and and what it's doing, it's like disparaging God's creation, you know? Right. It's like if my if one of my kids, I have three kids, and if one of my kids did something awesome, and somebody complimented, you know, let's say my son compliments my son, if he were to say, oh, it's not me, it's my dad, you know, it's my dad's, it's my dad, I got my creativity from my dad, like that would be just weird, you know? Yeah. yeah. You just say, thank you. I, that means a lot. I really appreciate it. Kind of a rule that I, I started living out a few years ago. We, we moved to, to Charlotte, North Carolina about five years ago. So I, I can't remember what I listened to where I got this from. So I always try to give credit. But the idea was when somebody offers to help, always say yes. Always say yes. And, uh, and we were moving. And so we had like, literally I was carrying like a box to the car. And it was a small box. And my neighbor saw me and said, hey, do you need help? And I had just heard this, you know, always say yes to help. So I was like, Okay. So I said, sure. So, so literally I'm, I'm walking out of my, you know, out of the door of my garage to my car, which is in the driveway. So it's like maybe 30 steps. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I, I hand him the box. He walks five more steps and he puts it in the car. Like it just logically didn't make any sense for him to help. But here's what I did. Here's what I would have done if I said no. I would have deprived him of the opportunity to help. And that's what we do when we neglect a compliment is we're depriving people of the opportunity to encourage you and be encouraged. You know, I get more encouragement when I encourage other people. I feel great when I say, Anne, you are rocking this podcast. You're doing a great job. You feel good by me saying that. But I feel probably even better saying that. I feel like, okay, that was, you know, I'm recognizing beauty in the world. And as kids of the king, kids of the creator, we should hold up things that exemplify excellence. So when somebody says, thank you, we, you know, great job, we should say, you're welcome. My, my pleasure, my privilege. It's an honor to serve you today. Oh my gosh. I feel like that's an entire book right there that you should write. <laughs> but <laughs> before we have you do that, why don't we go ahead and switch gears a little bit? Because I'd love to talk about the book you did write that's coming out this year at yes. the end of the year, toward the end of the year. Um, and right. it is called Start With Your People. I mean, just tell us a little bit about that and what prompted you to write it. That's right. It's Start With Your People, The Daily Decision That Changes Everything. Zonervan's publishing it. And the idea behind the book is that the average American wakes up and looks at their phone. You wake up and you go, oh, like, I can't even do this thing. Like, there, it's already started, right? The news has already started. The Facebook feed has already started. What am I going to do? And we're kind of living in these comatose, depressive states, just being overwhelmed with all of the shiny things. And, and whether it's sharing your message online, 
which is obviously what, what I'm passionate about, or just, just doing a good job for your family, you know, just showing up to work and doing a good job. The question is, it's not about what, it's not about how, it's not about where, it's not about when, it's really about who. It's putting people first in your life and in your work. And that's, that's the difference. I, I've had the pleasure and opportunity to work with some really well-known authors, speakers, and bloggers, you know, New York Times bestselling authors. And the difference behind closed doors, you know, I've been in the meeting just with them or just with them and their spouse, you know, the difference between them and the desperation of people that are that are not at that level, you know, and are just trying so hard is that they're thinking about their people. They're starting with their people. I, re I remember one of my first clients was Michael Hyatt. You know, he's a New York Times bestselling author. He was a former head of, of Thomas Nelson. I was I was working with his team and we had just finished a three day conference. And we all met up in the, you know, the, the suite where, where he and his wife, Gail, were staying. And the first question was, how do we make this thing better next time for our people? And I was like blown away, you know, I was like, are you kidding me? Like it was, it was about something other than I thought it would be about. Like, I thought it would be more like, how do we sell more or how do we like, like you know, just, just the idea that he was putting people first, even in the time uh, that would make the most sense to be exhausted. And I've seen that over and over again, and, and that has really changed my perspective. So my, my personal story of the book is about, now it's about two years ago, um, I was working with a, a life and career coach, and uh, I, was, I, was, I was actually co-hosting, um, like in, a in one of our membership communities, uh, we have these teachers that come in, and so he was the teacher for that week, and, uh, and so I was interviewing him for our community. And one of the things he said right at the end of, of the interview, he said, if you really want to take your life and work to the next level, you should do a 360 assessment. And I'm like, a three, what is a 360? And are you familiar with the 360 assessment? I am not. I'm, I'm asking, you know, what is a 360 right? assessment? What is it? So when Mike McCready said that, you know, a, a 360 assessment, I was like, that was the last thing he said. And then we, we hung up and I said, okay, great guys have a, you know, thanks so much for being a member. Have an awesome week. See you in the Facebook group. And I'm sitting there going, what is a 360 assessment? So I like Google a 360 assessment. And I found that, you know, you can uh, basically a 360 assessment is where you ask, okay, get ready for this. Okay. Ask for feedback from people all around your, your world, right? So imagine you're in the middle of the circle. The 360 is the circle around you, right? Okay. So it's your family, it's your friends. I'm kind of turning around as I, as I like point to different people, you know, behind you might be the people you work with back left might be the people at church. And then on the, on the far right over here might be like people you used to work with. So like everybody in your life, kind of the people that would show up at your funeral, you know, all around you. And what you do is you send, you know, you get their email um, address cause you have it in your email and you add them to this system, the 360 assessment system, and you send it to them. And they anonymously <laughs> take a survey, which is basically where's Brian awesome and where is he stuck? Like, where does Brian need advice and help? And what's he bad at? And what's he good at? It was so scary. So I, I reached out to Mike and I'm like, I think I'm going to do this thing. He's like, OK, well, you, you'll you take it and then I'll help you filter the results and think about, you know, what people say. So I sent it out and um I just remember it's kind of one of those God moments like where we know we need to do something, but we're not sure why. And so we, right. We just kind of step forward and we're like, okay, I'm going to try this. Right. So, right. So I, I like filled in like the first 20 emails, uh, in this thing. I think we were limited at 50. So I filled in 20. I'm like, okay, that's good. Like they'll say nice things. 
And then just in the back of my, whatever it is, in the depths of my heart, in the back of my mind, there was a name. And it was somebody I'd worked with that, um, you know, the project hadn't worked out. We hadn't spoken in a year. And it was just sort of this unresolved um, just stuff. You know, this is unresolved thing out there. And I'm like, you know what? I need to send this thing to her because she has an opinion of Brian Dixon that's probably not great. And I probably need to hear it. So I found her email address and put her in that little box, you know, and then guess what? <laughs> you know? I, I'm so impressed. That's that takes such <laughs> bravery. But what what happened next? <laughs> and then the Lord brought another name in mind and Uh-oh. then another name. And then all in all, I think it was 54 people that I invited. So I, I think I found a way to invite a couple more people. So I, I went all the way to the limit and a few more. So sent this anonymous survey and then they're, they're unfiltered results. They don't say who it's from. So they it's sort of like a, you know, there's a scale, like a Likert scale, like, is he more likely this or more likely that? But then there's these open ended, like if you could say anything to Brian, what would you say? And one of the comments said, Brian often puts projects over people. Ooh. Oh, right. I mean, I'm tearing up thinking about it and I've written about it now. I mean, it's, and so after that, and there were more comments, that was the one that just really hit me between the eyes. Well, sure, because you're doing the projects for the people. So it seems like That's a disconnect. Right. I, yeah. Yeah. So immediately, I mean, just after receiving that, I'm like, you know what? I need a reset. Like, I just need to re. And you, you guys might be there now. You're listening and you're like, you know what? Ah, there, that church I used to go to or that conference I spoke at that just didn't go well. Like, that's unresolved. And, you know, as much as possible, live at peace with all men like that is in the Bible. So I realized that there were these as a, as a hard driving entrepreneur, you know, chasing the next new thing. I had realized there were broken relationships that I had left in my fury and hurry to do cool stuff. I left people behind and that was really hard to acknowledge. So but you did well. I did. And, and I, I think, you know, the best thing that we can do, we can teach what we're struggling with or what we've just learned. And so that's where the book came from. The book is about that. It's about how do we fix what's broken when it comes to people, like the way we approach people, not them, but how do we, how do we, is there something in us that we can change or approach uh, differently? And then how do we prevent it in the future? So the book goes through um, the different key relationships. So we actually start at work because work is so much of our life. You know, most of our life is doing worky stuff. So our boss, our coworkers, our clients, the three key relationships in any successful business, how do we approach those relationships in a way that's ethical, that is service-based, that puts them first? Uh, and that's tricky. That's just, so, nobody talks about that. You know, I went through the um, Marie Kondo, you know, watching all these uh, Netflix uh, episodes of like, the decluttering of your space. And so I had this big pile of clothes I wanted to drop off at the, uh, you know, the consignment store the other day and they open at nine and I was there at eight fifty one, and it was cold and I'm standing outside and there's three people working, standing behind the counter. And it's obvious why I'm there, you know, right. Just come open the door. It's nine minutes until open. And they literally just looked at me for nine minutes And then at nine o'clock, they looked at their watch and they went, I guess it's time to open. And they slowly walked over and then opened the door at 901. That's not starting with your people. Oh, no, that that makes me crazy. I'm like, oh, right. I'm like, oh, it left a gross (laughs) taste in my mouth. 
And it was just like, that's the way we approach most things, you know, especially with technology. It's like, we're not thinking about putting people first. We're like, where's my stuff and how can I get it faster? And so I realized, hey, listen, I'm not the one to cast stones because I'm the biggest sinner of all. And so I've, I've got to start with my people. So I, I drafted this email and I said, listen, I know it's been forever. We worked on a project together and it didn't go well and it's never sat well with me. And I just want to tell you, I'm sorry. And I want to take 100% responsibility. Well, <laughs> I'm joking. I'm just talking about it. Will you forgive me? And, and here's the thing. She wrote back instantly. I mean, instantly. There's so much grace. And so <laughs> I thought I'm done. You know, there's one person that came to mind after I saw that. I put people over, uh, projects over people. And then the Lord, in his grace, because his kindness leads to redemption, right? Mm-hmm. In his grace, he brought another name to mind, and I sent another email. And that person said, no problem, Brian, we're good. And then another email. And all in all, Anne, I sent 32 apology emails, personal Ooh. emails to people. And I heard back from almost every single one. And I got, to, I got to 31, and there was this one person, this one person that I'm like, oh, Lord, really? I got to send? And, and I had all the excuses in the book about why the project was this person's fault. You know, she hadn't done the work. She, she you know, all of this stuff was in my head about, you know, I was just felt so justified. And we can sit in our justification, or we can walk across the room and build a bridge. And so I sent this last email. And I'm like, oh, I did not want to send this, but I just, you know, I knew that was the right thing to do. Sometimes the hardest thing is the right thing. So I knew this was the right thing to do. I sent her this email. I, I didn't hear back for, it was a day or two. And then I checked my email and sure enough, there it was. And it was the most like skeptical <laughs> response I had, I had ever received. Right. You still with okay. me? Yeah, I'm still with you. And I, I feel like I'm understanding this probably more than I wish that I did. But go ahead. <laughs> you know, this is so skeptical. It's like um, something like, yeah, right. If you're if you're really sorry, you know, you'd refund my deposit is like how she said it. Right. Just like, okay. yeah, right. I think at the time it was like 15. I was just it was a few years ago. So, you know, I was just starting out, you know, I was, it was fifteen hundred dollars. And it was at the end of the year. And, you know, I didn't want to refund $1,500. Like, that's a lot of money, you know? Yeah. So I work from home. I walk downstairs. My, my wife, Julie, you know, she, we've got little kids. And so, so a couple of the kids were, were doing some kind of craft at the table. And I, I said to Julie, I'm like, uh, honey, um, <laughs> I, think, I, I think God wants me to refund $1,500 to, and I said the, the lady's name. And she's like, who is that? <laughs> like, it had been so long ago that she didn't even know what I was talking about. She's like, well, you know, if, if God wants you to do it, like, go for it. I mean, incredible. Julie's, you know, Julie's an incredible wife and, and believer. And so I come upstairs and I write this lady back. I, I almost accidentally say her name every time I tell the story. I write her back and I go, no problem. I want to make this right. You know, just let me know what it would take. Because, you know, there were a couple of payments throughout the whole the process. And so I wasn't really sure of the number, but I, I'd kind of settled on the maximum amount. And she writes me back and she goes, wow. How about we just meet in the and meet in the middle? So it was whatever it was, seven hundred fifty dollars, and we'll call it a day. And I instantly PayPal her the money, and I say, you know, in in the subject line, because when you send money through PayPal, like you can write a little note. And I said, like, you know, wanting to make this right, and and I'm sorry for how the project went, or something like that. You know, I sent it to her, and immediately she wrote back, 
And she wrote, and I still have that email. It's one of those emails I printed out and put in my brag drawer. You know, it's, um, it's, it, she basically said, Brian, I'm glad to know you. You did not have to do this. And, um, I wish there were more people like you in the world. <laughs> wow. Turn an ad- adversary to an advocate. Now we've since become friends. I've spoken at conferences that she's worked at. We've shared the story together. So she knows this is her story and she's publicly said, you know, yes, that was me and I've forgiven him and, and, and all that. And the thing about it is that I learned later cause she told me that there were clients that I had started like, you know, you do a quote and, and we start kind of thinking about working together and then they kind of fell off the face of the earth. Like they never got back to me. It was because she was going behind and saying, don't work with him. Don't work with him. Ooh. So you just don't know, right? Like, let's just get self-serving for just a second. You just don't know how all of those broken pieces are actually cutting you, you know? Right. And you don't know how, how like the ripple effect we have, both positive and negative, we just don't know how it's going to affect us in the future. Some little comment you made on a blog somewhere that somebody said was offended by, you just never know who that person is. And, and so why not live in a way where you're open enough to go, listen, I mess up every day, right? Before I even get out of bed and I wanna make things right. And the best way to do that is, Four words, right? Start with your people. If you start with your people, if you go, listen, honey, I've got a busy day today, but what can I do to make your day awesome today? Like I tell Julie that every day. What can I do to make your day awesome? And she's like, you know what? I'm good. Or she could say, you know what? Can you just, can you be ready to pick up the kids from the bus stop? Like, I know you got a webinar thing, but can you just make sure they're good? Like, I got it. And that's where it starts. It just starts at home. You know, it starts with that, that relative where there's that awkward situation. You don't want to go to your grave with that awkward situation. So write the awkward email, you know, and just be like, listen, you know, uncle Bob, like, I'm sorry. (laughs) You know, I said something dumb three summers ago. I don't even know if you remember, but I just feel dumb and I don't know how to say it, but just, will you forgive me? Why not start there? Right? So growing your blog and, you know, doing Facebook lives and all this stuff. Like I really think like, if you have some house cleaning to do, like do the house cleaning first before you invite people over your house, right? And that's what we do as messengers is we kind of like show them our life and we're like, this is how I think you should live. That's what bloggers basically say is like, this is how I think you should live. But in reality, some of the most, bro- one of my old pastors would say, some of the ugliest marriages have the prettiest Christmas cards. Oh yeah, that's true. So think about that, you know, and not throwing stones, but I'm saying, if you right now are thinking about somebody, I think it's a divine moment. You're, you're right now, there's somebody in your mind that you're going, whoa, I need to send her an email or I need to send her a text. Start with your people, like do that because that's where everything changes. And what happens is you start to notice things every day. Like I, it's hard to write a book where you, want, where you say start with your people because people start expecting you to start with your people, you know? Right. So <laughs> Live like, it out, man. I'm probably, uh, you know, the, the show Parks and Rec, there's this character, Chris Traeger, who's like really positive all the time. Yeah. Like I'm kind of becoming that person. You know, I'm at the grocery store and somebody was putting the carrots away and I was like, man, you're doing a great job with those carrots. And I meant it <laughs> sincerely. I it. Like I did mean it sincerely. And you know what? I will own that compliment all day long. And he might've thought I was a wacko, but guess what? That might've been the only compliment he got all day. Okay. How can we clone you? I'm just saying, (laughs) I mean, the world just needs more positivity and joy. And honestly, I can hear it in your voice. Like I want more of it. 
Well, thank you for that. I I don't obviously we don't have pictures of Christ, but but there's there's that classic painting, and my art enthusiasts are gonna just be upset at me for like butchering. I don't even know who painted it originally or whatever. But there's the one of the of the shepherd of Christ as the shepherd with the with the sheep with the lamb right around his neck. Yeah. And uh, you probably know because you've been around, right? The the reason the lamb is around the shepherd's neck, right? Do you know this? I don't think I do. Go ahead. The reason the lamb is, so just picture that, right? There's Christ with his beard and everything, and he's the good shepherd, and and there's a lamb, there's a sheep around his neck. The reason he's holding the sheep, like a piggyback ride, right? The reason he's holding the sheep on his neck is because the lamb ran away, Mm. and he had to break its legs. And that's what shepherds do. Sometimes we need to be broken in order to be healed, and so I mean that's that's why obviously this is a message that you know comes from my heart to start with your people. That yes, it helps your business. Yes, it helps your blog grow. All that, but it has to start from a place of brokenness. And so I feel like that's the message that I've been given, and that's the one I'm trying to live out every day. And so if that encouraged you in any way, like again, to God be the glory. But first, I'm going to say thank you. That means a lot. That's just so powerful. And I just, gosh, I'm going to be chewing on that for a long time. And I want to ask you a million more questions about this. I feel like we could talk (laughs) about this for hours. I've got literally a list of questions in my head growing, but Mm -hmm. I want to respect your time. And so I want to kind of get us to where we need to go. And just, you know, a little bit about the Declare community. We have partnered with Hope Writers on a couple little things here and there. And So you know that we are Christian communicators, and you also know, because you wrote a book about social media once upon a time, Mm -hmm. that technology and our tools and our resources are changing rapidly. Yep. And so I like to ask everybody that's on the show, like, what tools are you using right now that you just are loving? And is there anything that you're just kind of over that you're done with? Yes. That's a great question. Thank you for the question. And, and, and honestly, it depends on when you guys are listening to this episode. You know, some episodes you listen to, you know, for years and you, and you go back into the archives. So, yes, technology always changes. But what, what I am looking for when it comes to technology is how can I have – and this is going to scare a lot of people. It scared a lot of my clients. But, but once they trust me, it makes all the difference. I want to remove the barrier between us and them. You know, I want to I want to get as close as possible to my reader. I want to hear their heart, because if I can do that, then I can make sure that my message really connects with them. So anything that's that's helping me better understand where my reader is stuck and then also serving her because I mostly work with with female clients and female readers, serving her in a way that helps her through her day. So. Let me give you a really clear, a specific example that that is going to sound, yeah, I haven't shared this yet because this is hot off the press because Hope Writers is open right now. And by the time you guys listen to it, it'll be closed because we only open it three times a year just for about five days. Uh, we spend, you know, the whole year serving our members and three times a year bringing new members in, you know, inviting new members in. So 49 weeks of the year, we are completely closed to new members so we can serve our existing members. And one of the things I keep hearing in my marketing world, you know, and different conferences and podcasts I listen to is um, about, oh, I just even hate the term saying it out loud, Facebook Messenger bots. Oh, I don't like I hate bots. That. I don't even understand right? Facebook bots. Facebook Messenger bots. It sounds yeah. terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So 
so what we wanted to do is is we wanted to have a live chat on our on our sales page. So if if somebody is sitting on our sales page and going, I don't know if I should join or not. You know, it's uh, I don't know if I want to invest that much or if it's going to be a welcoming community. If I'm going to get get kind of the resource I'm looking for, I want them to be able to click a button and ask a question. You know, that that makes sense to me. And I realized that the best way to do that is through a tool that people already use, which is Facebook Messenger. You know, I, I've used Facebook Messenger with my friends all day long, right? It's a tool I, I actually use in my real life. So I installed this little widget. Again, just another term I hate to use, right? I installed a widget on our, on our site that installed this thing called ManyChat. And I was pretty skeptical because I thought, you know what, they're they're going to click the button and then they're going to say, here, get an auto reply. And then they're not going to think it's a real person. And this just... But but I had, I'd sort of like looked at the tool and gone, you know what, this is a way for me to have an actual conversation with a real person. If I don't use it like an automated robot, but I use it to have real conversations. So I tried it and we're recording this on a Wednesday. I installed it on a Friday and we close in two days. So so for one week. So this is based on a one week test. Check this out. We've had over. 1800 conversations oh. and they are as personal as you and I texting each other. It is so profound. Like for example, literally I had to, I had to put my phone on airport mode because I had a, there were 12 messages back and forth that I personally had with somebody who was on our, on our sales page. The first question she had, it was, is hope writers good for people who write fiction? And so I wrote back and I said, yes, we have members who write fiction, memoir, uh, nonfiction, Bible studies. We have members that, that write all kinds of different, different work. And then her real question was, is this going to be a place for me where I'll be welcomed because I've been a member of other communities where I didn't feel welcome? You can't answer that question with a bot, but you, you can cannot. answer that question as a person. And so I'm a real person with my phone, uh, the Facebook Messenger application open, and I'm texting her back. And then she asked the real question that she was asking, which is, does my message even matter? And we had this back and forth text conversation. And again, 12 messages back and forth. And she might join Hope Raiders, she might not join Hope Raiders, but I know that at the end of the day, she was more encouraged after that interaction than before that interaction. And so if a tool like ManyChat, Facebook Messenger bot enables me to do that, hey, that's one that I'll use. So that's one I like, <laughs> sorry for the long explanation, um, using a, a live chat is really powerful because it's really you and it's really your reader. Um, th any questions on that before I maybe share two more? No, I'm just kind of blown away by how you took something that could be annoying and you turned it into something so positive. I, it's your gift, Brian. I'm just blown away. <laughs> Thank you. And I mean, we have a team. And so there, there's five other people that are also hopping on the, the messenger and, and replying. I just happened to pick up that one. I was you know? wondering so how you were responding to 1800. Have, have had 1800 conversations in about five days. Uh, like that. Most of them are really short. Most of them are like, when do you open or when do you close or how much does it cost? You know, they're really short, but every once in a while you get that really heartfelt one. So that's called ManyChat, M-A-N-Y-Chat.com. Um, I love Zoom. I use Zoom for all my coaching. So I do one-on-one -on -one personal coaching and BrianDixon.com slash coaching. You can learn more about my coaching there. And the way that we do coaching is we do three live calls, three like one-on-one -on -one video calls through, through a tool called Zoom. Uh, Zoom.us. And Zoom has sort of taken the place of um, of Skype, of uh, GoToWebinar, um, kind of mixed the two of those together, maybe a, um, Google Hangouts, you know, uh, all those have sort of come together in the tool known as Zoom. Zoom is really uh, stable, so you don't have the bandwidth issues that a lot of other tools have had. 
Uh, it automatically records the conversation. So in case either one of us say something smart, you know, we can always rewind it. Um, it lets you stream the, uh, so if you did like a, a conversation as like a podcast interview or something like that, you do it as a webinar in zoom and then you can stream it onto social. So you can stream it onto your Facebook um, page or in a Facebook group. So with hope writers, every Tuesday, we have a, um, a guest expert from the publishing community, author, authors, editors, agents, um, marketers that will, you know, every Tuesday we have a conversation with them and we stream that video live into the private Facebook group. And, uh, and Zoom has a chat feature and it's just really cool. And it's it's worked every time. I've never had an issue with it. And I've been using it for three years, at least twice a week. So many chats are really awesome. Zoom is great. And I'm gonna throw out one that I, I probably can guarantee you guys have never heard of before. Okay. This one is a little out of people's comfort zone. But in reality, okay, if, if, if you have a message to share and you already have your goal, like you've done the mirror manifesto, you know, I help MOPS groups engage, I help MOPS leaders engage their uh, local community by providing my speaking services and challenging them to, you know, live fully for the Lord. Like maybe that's your mirror manifesto. And the way you live that out is you go speak at MOPS groups, okay? Mothers sure. of preschool groups, right? So you doing Instagram isn't helping you get more speaking gigs at MOPS groups, okay? You doing Facebook group or Facebook pages or, or anything like that is not helping you get more speaking gigs. Your goal is to get speaking gigs. So what this tool does is it lets you, so what you do is, is you Google, okay? It requires some work, but you Google the names and the email addresses of the MOPS leaders. So for example, let's say you live in Charlotte, North Carolina, I would Google MOPS leader Charlotte. And then uh, if I did that, probably I'd find 30 or 40 of the local MOPS group leaders, okay? So then you take those email addresses and names and you think about if I were to have a, a, an email conversation with them, you know, uh, let me tell you a little bit about um, how I help you. Let me tell you a little bit about the different speaking topics and here's a way to book me on your on the calendar. So maybe those are three different emails that I would send just as a human person to that individual person, right? That's called an outbound strategy where you're emailing out to people that have not subscribed to you, okay? okay. That happens in business all the time, right? My, my friend is working with a financial planner and he recommended that the financial planner reach out to me and the financial planner sent me three different emails and I never, I didn't write them back in those first three emails, but it's totally ethical uh, business-wise to send emails to people who didn't ask for them, right? Okay. Because that's what businesses do is we introduce ourselves to people. So I'm not saying add them to a mailing list and you know spam them every week, but I'm saying try to begin a conversation with a new person. So there's a tool called MailShake, M-A-I-L-S-H-A-K-E, MailShake, like milkshake, but MailShake. And what you do is you take those 30 MOPS um, email people, right? Those 30 MOPS leaders emails and you put them in MailShake and you pre-write these three emails that you want to send out and you press go. And what it does is it sends three or four at a time. And if you get replies, it takes them off uh, the automatic second email and it, you have a real conversation. So it's kind of like they knock on the door for you, you know, and some people will write back. Like I said, some will, some won't, but some will, right? Some people write back. Some people will say, we'd love to book you. Some people will ignore your three emails, but think about that. You, you know who you want to serve. You can write these three emails only one time you upload the emails to this program and it does that work for you. And all it's trying to do is start a conversation. And once it does, then, you know, you don't use the tool anymore, right? Cause now you're already in a conversation. So 
I think it's it's kind of an out of the box tool to use to begin conversations with people, but I found it, I just experimented with the last couple of days uh, and I found it to be really, really effective. We're going to put a link to that in the show notes, but that sounds like a really cool tool because we talk all the time about who is your target audience. Mm -hmm. And this is a way to actually, like you said, do the outbound communication, but to specifically target your target audience and hopefully get a return on your investment there. That's pretty awesome. Well, Brian, I cannot thank you enough for your time today. Honestly, I think I'm going to have to have you back on the show because there's so much more. (laughs) I think we can all learn from you. And I just... I so appreciate you using your gifts to encourage all of us, you know, in the trenches. And I hope that you are getting encouraged back. And just thank you so much for joining us today. You're welcome. Thanks, everybody. Remember, your message matters. So go make an impact today. I hope you loved that conversation as much as I did. I would love to know what stuck out to you today. Let us know what you think about this episode. Was there a favorite quote or an action item that you're going to implement? The best discussions happen on our Facebook community page. So head on over there and let us know what's going on. All the links to this episode and everything we mentioned today are in the show notes that you can get on our website or when you scroll down on your podcast app. For all things Declare, head to our website at wearedeclared.com. And you can find all the information about the podcast and the guests, plus the conference, webinars, local meetups, and a lot more. Sign up for the email so you can make sure you don't miss a thing. Also, follow us on Instagram. Be sure to tag us often. And don't forget to share the podcast with your influencer friends. After all, we are in this together. We hope every episode of the Declare Podcast inspires and encourages you. Thanks for always listening, and we'll see you next time on the Declare Podcast.